worshipers and on our singers and our musicians today, God. Lord, that you will, Lord, pour out your anointing on the the congregation today, God. Lord, and it's very well the very pastor and uh, preacher of the word today, God. Brother Andy, I pray you just, Lord, pour out your anointing on him. Uplift him, Lord, and give him, Lord, the words that, Lord, you have already laid on his heart, the proper things to say and present to this church. God, Lord, we see, Lord, that you are above all things in our hearts and our lives. And we praise you, we magnify you, and we give you all the praise, God. Lord, today, if there be a need in the house, I pray you meet that need. Lord, outstretch your hand and, Lord, make a way because you are the way maker in our lives. And we believe, Lord, that you can, Lord, do exceedingly and abundantly in our lives today. We will forever give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' heavenly name. Amen and amen. Y'all worship with us this morning.
at the songs that's been sung today. This is just bringing us into a, a place of worship. This is bringing us into a time of getting along with God. So many times it's so easy to have that microwave mentality with God. How many likes the fact that you can pump, you can put something in the microwave, but in 35 seconds you got it. It's heated and it's good, but that it doesn't always work like that with God. How many knows that we have to enter into the gates with thanksgiving and it is courts with praise? We walk in with a time of worship and when we do that, we realize real quickly, He's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. Then we also look at the fact that what, the, what, the, what did that third verse say? It says, He answers my prayers. He answers my prayers. Jesus answers my prayers. Aren't you glad this morning that Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, how many glad that He answers our prayers this morning? Would you give God a great hand clap of praise this morning? Yes, ain't God good. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. I greatly appreciate you being in the house of God this morning. Appreciate our praise team. Awesome job as always bringing us into a time of worship. Thank you to those that are in-house this morning. Thank you to our guests. Thank you to each one that is here today to worship a risen Savior. Amen. I'm glad this morning, Brother Bob, I didn't go to a temple that's set off somewhere and they are worshiping a dead God. I'm glad that I've come to the house of God and I can worship a risen Savior. He's alive. He's alive forevermore. And Jesus is at the right hand of the Father making it. Would you give God another hand clap of praise? Amen. Ain't God good? Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Again, we greatly appreciate you being in the house of God. Thank you to those that are joining us on live feed. Thank you so much for being a part of our Coosa Valley family. No matter where you may be, 
You're part of the CV family. Thank you for being a part of our services today. If you have your Bibles, you're, uh, go ahead and open and turn uh, this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As you're turning in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, at the very beginning of this year, we introduced Stronger Together. Go back to the slide just right before this one, please. We need to know that we are stronger together. No matter what has happened in our lives, no matter what has taken place, we're stronger together as a church family. Amen? We can look back over the year of 2020. We can look back over the first month of this year, and we can see there's things that's happened. There's things that's taken place. Ten years ago, I never would have dreamed that I had to make sure that when I walked out of the house, I had one of these in my hands. I never, had, I never thought that that would come to a day, but today, we're here we are. We're sitting here. We've got to make sure that we've got masks. We've got to make sure that we have that little bitty bottle of hand sanitizer that we walk around. Oh, never mind. The big bottle of hand sanitizer, you know. But you know what? The thing about it is, is all of these things have happened. How many in here this morning, just with a thought process in your brain, how many could just undo everything that, that has taken place, all the devastation, all the bad things that's happened? How many can undo those things? Would you raise your hand? Every one of us in here, there's things that we would undo and we would do differently. If we look back in our past, even, even further back than the year 2020, there's things that we would have done differently. But here's the thing that we've got to look at as a church family. We must understand that the things that's happened, they've happened. They've happened. They've taken place. There's not a thing I can do about those things. But what I can do is I can take a hold of the mighty hand of God. I can see the things that's happened. I can see what's taken place. I can get a hold of God and move forward in Him and with a church family and I can be stronger together. We must understand that above all else. As we continue our look into Stronger Together, over the last few weeks, we have looked at several reasons in the Word of God that shows us we are stronger together. Shows us we're stronger together as a church family. You have not heard or have not witnessed any of those things. You've not read the outlines and you've, you want to be familiar with those things. Go back and look at the last several services. They're on our website, on Facebook, on YouTube. Go back and read the outlines that are found on our website. But just to give you an idea of where we've come from, on January the 3rd, the first Sunday of this year, we went through an overview of hindsight 2020. And we, we talked about as an overview of why we are stronger together as a church family. Then on the second Sunday, January the 11th, we looked at Jesus being the good shepherd. How many is glad that Jesus is our good shepherd? Amen. A good shepherd is one that is leading the flock. We are the sheep of God's pasture. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he has placed him there to lead us and to guide us along our path. We are the sheep of God. We're the body of Christ. And so on the third Sunday, we talked about how that Jesus is the head of the church. I know that there are many in Cleveland, Tennessee that thinks that they're the head of the church of God. I just got demoted, didn't I? 
I just got in trouble. But there are many that may think that they're ahead of the church. There are many throughout churches all across this nation that think that there are folks in those churches that think that they're the church boss. Oh, heaven help them. But we looked at on the third Sunday, we've seen that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. We are the body. We are the church. And as the body of Christ, we as the body must work in unison and unity and to move forward in God. We looked at, and that was the Sunday morning that uh, Brother Michael got up here. He's about two pounds heavier than I am. More or less. Maybe one pound. We got up here and we interlocked arms. And one pulled one way and one pulled the other way. And guess what? We didn't make it anywhere. We was fighting one against the other and it was not making it. We was not making progress. But when we started walking together, we seen that we was able to do something. And that's the same way it is in the church world. When we're moving and we're working together in unison, now we can accomplish something. On January the 24th, last Sunday, we looked at the gifts and the calling of God on our lives. I would ask the question, but I don't want anybody to be embarrassed or wouldn't want anybody to fib. I would ask the question for everyone to raise your hand if you believe you have a gift and a calling of God on your life. Let me tell you something right now. If you don't think that you do, then you need to get on your knees before God because every child of God has a gift and a calling of God in your life. Every one of us has a calling. Not everybody's called to be a Sunday school teacher. Can I get an amen? Mm, come on now. Not everybody's called to be the nursery teacher, nursery director and to work in the nursery. Can I get an amen? Glory to God. Not everybody is called to be in children's ministries and student ministries. Not everybody's called to work in young adults and senior adults. Not everybody's called to be the pastor of a church. A lot of pastors are not... Never, mm, I didn't go there. I, I'm going to behave. I need to be quiet. What we need to understand is simply this. There are people that are trying to work outside of their calling. They will stumble and fall. If we would get into the calling that God has called and placed on our lives, now we can do something, amen? Now we can do something for God. But we must work in the calling that's in our lives. When we work in the calling in our lives, we work together as a body, and as the body of Christ, we'll do something. Now, this morning, I want to take a closer look at that body of Christ. My hand, my right hand, this y'all's is on, my right, on y'all's right side, my left hand. My, my left hand can't go this way while my right hand goes this way. Boy, that sure would look awful funny. There's one of those uh, guys on, uh, I think he's on the Avengers or one of those shows like that, Marvel shows. That's uh, Stretch, what's, what's his name? Stretch. Elastic Man or something. Boy, he could stand right here and he could grab a hold of something here and he could reach that arm all the way. We're not built that way. Right? Now, there's a lot of you that's got longer arms than I got, Tristan. There's a lot of you that's got longer legs than I got, all of you. 
There's, a, there's some of you that are taller than... Never mind, forget it. There's a lot of you that's taller than I am. And most of you have got more hair than I got. Although some of you are catching up. I will not name any names. We're all different. We're all made different. But we form one body. We form the body of Christ. So this morning we're going to talk a little bit more about that body. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let's just read straight through chapter 12, verse 20 through verse 26. We're going to read straight through. Look at what it says. As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Boy, it sure would look awful funny there, wouldn't it? On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greatest honor. And our unpresentable unpres parts are treated. Let me look. I'm not going to add to the Word of God, but I'm going I'm to quote it in the DAL version, okay? And our unpresentable parts should be treated with greater modesty. Now, I'll just leave that one alone. Go on. Verse 24. Which are more present, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, given greater honor to the part that lacked it. That there may be no division in the body, but that, they, but that the members may have the same care one for one another. For one, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Would you bow your heads and pray with us this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, I want to thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this great opportunity that you've allowed us to come to worship and praise you. Father, this morning for the next few moments as we bring forth your word as you've given it to us, I pray, Father God, that you'll continually hide us behind the cross of Calvary, that those looking would see your Son, he being high and lifted up, that all would be drawn unto you. We forever give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Last Sunday, we looked at our gifts. We looked at our callings. We looked at how we are comprised together to make the body of Christ. In that, in that particular lesson, in that particular sermon, in that thought process, there are those that feel less gifted and unimportant to the body of Christ. There are those that are not the pastor of the church. And they feel like, I could be a better pastor than Brother Andy. You probably could. I'm just going to let that one settle. You probably could. But as we mentioned a, f a few moments ago, God has called each of us into an area of ministry 
We have a gift and a calling and that's where we need to operate in. That's where we need to function at. When we're not functioning and we're not operating, where God has called us at, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to stumble and fall. So many times there are people that have stepped outside of the will of God, stepped outside the calling that God has called them into, and they have made mistakes. Now, working inside the calling of God, let me, let me share you a little secret real quick. Working inside the calling of God, I'm going to share something with you. Even inside the calling of God, you're still going to make mistakes. Amen? You're still a human being. If you don't believe me, pinch your neighbor and see if they don't react. They might pinch you back. You're still human. I've had so many tell me, and I know that what I'm fixing to say is going to be contrary to some people's beliefs, contrary to some people's thought processes. When we operate in the Spirit, they can't nothing happen to us. Can't nothing take place to us. Let me tell you something. We're still a human being. After service on Sunday morning, let me tell you, this homeboy is tired. Why? Because this is still a human being. It's always been said that preaching a service is like working an eight-hour job. I think that's incorrect. I think it's eight hours plus about three hours overtime. It gets you tired. That shows you you're still a human being. A few uh, months ago, we went. And this is, well, it's been longer than that because it was before uh, the COVID shutdown. We went, uh, me and Sister Carrie and Miss Katie, we went to, on a Sunday night service, we went to uh, Aniana to uh, fill in for a pastor friend of ours. Brother Michael preached here on Sunday nights and on that Sunday night, and we was uh, in Aniana. No. Opalaka. I told you I was human. We went to Opalaka, and we filled in for a pastor friend of ours at, at his Sunday night service. We went, and because of the distance, we, uh, me and Sister Carrie, we decided we was going to stay the night. The three of us was going to stay, and... That way we wouldn't have to be trying to drive that far back. Brother Andy, that ain't that far. You teach Sunday, I, I, don't know if, I don't remember if I taught Sunday school that Sunday morning or not, but preach Sunday morning and then drive that far and then preach Sunday night. I don't want to drive back. So we was going to stay the night. We checked into the hotel before the service. I go to the, I go to the, uh, the desk to check in. Hi, I'm, I'm Brother Andy, I'm or Andy Lambert, I'm here to check in. Is there something wrong with your throat? Yeah, I preached this morning, and then my throat does this. He said, man, are you going to be okay? I said, I sure, I'll be all right. I said, I've got, well, what, what brings you to this area? I said, I'm preaching at a, a pastor friend of mine's church tonight. You ain't preaching tonight. I said, yeah, I'm preaching tonight. There's no way you can preach tonight. I said, I'll preach tonight. He said, how are you going to preach tonight when your throat is like it is? I said, well, we'll walk into the church and my throat will still be like this. Somebody will give me a cold, cold glass of water and I'll deny it. And I'll say, can I have room temperature because cold on the, uh, forget it. 
we'll get room temperature water and uh, I'll sit down and Sister Carrie usually keeps about 4,576 cough drops in her purse. You don't believe me? Go try to pick it up. Whoever it'll be, somebody will bring over a cordless mic, probably. And I'm telling this to the guy that's checking us in. He'll bring us over a he'll bring me over a cordless mic and he'll show me how to turn it on. And he'll say, You mash this button, and when it does this, it'll, it'll be turned on. And I'll say, Thank you. So I just turn it back off. He said, No, just mute it. Okay, I'll mute it. I'll sit there. And then when church starts, I get into the worship of God. I'm not worried about who is sitting around beside me. I'm not worried about anybody that might have pink or purple hair over here. I'm not worried about how anybody's dressed over here. I get into the worship of God. And then when it comes time for me to take a go to that stage and to deliver the word that God has given to us. I said, my throat will be just as strong as it was when I took to the stage this morning at my church in, in uh, Pell City, Alabama. I say Pell City because nobody knows where Cropwell is at. Including me when we first came here. I, they called me and said, do you want to go to Cropwell? I said, where's that? He said, the guy at the hotel, he said, there's no way that that's going to happen. I said, I'd invite you to church tonight and you can find out. Hey, I'm going to invite somebody. That shows you we're still human beings. We still have personalities. We still have a thought process in our minds of how we need to do things. If you don't believe me, come to a church work day and see about that. There are so many that have so many ideas, it'll be mind-boggling. I'm going to tell you something. If you ever tore down a porch, if you need a porch tore down, I got just a few guys that I can, that I can uh, refer you to and they'll bring chainsaw and sledgehammers. The porch will come down. Here's the thought. Here's the, here's the, here's the mindset behind all of this. We're all human. Amen? Amen? But when we work together as the body of Christ, things will take place. There's no one of least importance. There's no one that is, that is not as gifted as they need to be in God. Why? Because the Word of God tells us there are many parts, yet one body. Every person truly belongs to the body of Christ. The church. And you are significant and important to God. You're missed when you're not here. Let me rephrase, let me say that again. You're live feed. You're missed when you're not here. I understand there's reasons why some are not able to come. I get that. I understand that. But every member is necessary. Every part of the body is necessary. The foot is not as gifted as in the as the hand as in handling things, but the foot is still part of the body. Have you ever, go on YouTube, and I'm, uh, I want, before, I, full disclosure, I am not making fun of what I'm fixing to tell you. I think it is absolutely amazing. Go on YouTube and, and, and search for these people that was born without an arm or without both of their arms, and they, 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 they have, they've got legs and feet. Go search and look 
They've adapted to make things happen. I've seen a lady, y'all, with my own eyes. She did not, she had a, her, this arm, again, please understand, one of your family members, this may be the case, I am not making, I am making a point, okay? This lady, she had an arm down to here on this side, had an arm over here at about this side. This lady signed her name better than I, than I can with an ink pen. The end of the ink pen was in her mouth. The, the, the pen itself was between the two knobs, nubs on her, on her arms. She signed better than I can. That's not really saying much, but she had a real good signature. What has happened? She adapted. The church will adapt, but works better when everyone comes together. Amen? Everyone is important. Everyone has an essential function to do in the church. The eye, the ear, the nose on our body, they all have a function. Neither one can do the other's function. But if one is lost, the others are strengthened. Each member has a function, and they can do their function. They do what they're supposed to do, and it strengthens the body. Why? Because we're stronger together. If our whole body was consisted of just one eye, we would be inoperable, non-functional, and useless. But we have a head. We've got two hands, five fingers on each hand. We have a body, we have legs, we have feet. We are a full body. The church needs a full body. We need everyone working together. The body of Christ can only operate if enough members function as they're gifted to do. The ability of the body, the ability of the church to operate is determined by the number and efficiency of the members. The more members, the church will function more effectively. The body, the church, can do what God has called us to do. But I need you to understand that if somebody is supposed to be this Sunday school teacher and they have decided, I'm going to step back and I'm not going to function into that, somebody, God is going to send somebody to fill that place. If God's called you to do something, you need to step out and do what God's called you to do. If not, don't be mad when somebody else steps in and does the work God called you to do. Because God's function, the will of God for the church is going to be fulfilled. Now I want to talk about the times that there are those that feel that they're more gifted and more important in the body. There are those the stuck-up Nancys. Ain't nobody Nancy in here, are they? There's a stuck-up Sally. About like the time that a uh, gentleman sitting on the front row and first, right after we came here, some of you remember this. I was sitting on the front row. One of my phrases that I said all the time was John Brown. His name was John Brown. 
I was still learning everybody's names. I said, oh, Jesus. I'm in trouble now, Anna. But there are those that are stuck up in the body. Spiritually speaking. There are those that they feel that they're more gifted and more important to the church and therefore to the body of Christ. This is a sharp rebuke of what we talked about last Sunday and a couple of Sundays before. And we've talked about on numerous other occasions about those who try to dominate and impose their will upon the church or a ministry within the church and steering away from the vision that God has placed on the body. The church as a body can only move one, one way. Church we, as the body, must keep our eyes focused on the prize of the high calling of God. We can't look to the right or to the left. we got to keep pressing forward to what God has called us to do. When we start looking back, we start looking into our own thought processes and we start trying to promote ourselves above anyone else, then we will stumble and fall. I didn't say the ministry will stumble and fall. I said we would stumble and fall. That person, that individual would. I have told you on numerous occasions, there are many churches that will place their pastors on pedestals. Please don't do that. I am scared of heights. Some of these guys can attest to my fear of heights. One of the guys came in. One day through the week, knew that my truck was out there, and they came in, just was going to see what was going on. Here I am, I've got the ladder. Now, I'm not talking about a ladder with two steps on it. I'm talking a, tw 14, is it 14? 14 foot ladder, and I'm going to change them light, but y'all, I don't like it. I don't like that in the least. I don't like light bulbs being blown. But there's three in the center row right now because I ain't changing them. Until all of them get blown. <laughs> Why? Because I'm scared of heights. So don't put me on a pedestal. Why? Because I'm a human being and I can fall. What we need to do is instead of trying to focus on, God, on, on a man, we need to start focusing on God. Now, let me throw something in here because I don't want anybody to get, a, get the wrong idea. God has placed under shepherds to lead the church. God has placed a pastor here at Coosa Valley Church of God. Hello, have you ever met me? And guess what? He's placed us here to lead this body of believers. But I can't do it by myself. God has placed Assistant pastors, God has placed student pastors, God has placed children's church directors, God has placed nursery directors, God has placed helpers into those areas of ministries. God has placed people to lead this church. But we can't do it if we're pulling separate. We must continue to pull together. It all works in unison. Does anybody know I keep saying the word unity and unison. Does anybody know where I'm going to go in a few days or in a few Sundays? We're going to quote a passage of Scripture out of the book of Acts that talks about unity. We want that to occur. We as a church must stay in unity. Brother Andy, is the church not in unity now? No, nope. the church is in unity. 
I am so glad that Coosa Valley Church of God is in unity and we're moving together. We've got one thought process. Win the lost. I'm glad that this church... Well, Brother Andy, why are you talking about this stuff? Why are you bringing this stuff out? I'm bringing this out because I need us to know we're stronger as a church family. This last year has done nothing more than to try, if, of, among other things, to try to tear families... Come on. To try to tear families apart. Why? Because family members can't see family members. We've been quarantined and shut down. Shelter in place. All these things. Some have even come forth, and I believe that this is part of the, pro part of the thing that was coming out. It, it was a part to try to tear the church family apart. I want us to understand, in this year, we as a church family are stronger together. But then does that mean that we need to, if we're sick, we still need to come to church? Absolutely not. I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. You're running a fever or running to the bathroom. Stay home. But Brother Andy, I want, I want to come and I want you to pray for me. There's a, th there's a new, new invention. I'm going to introduce you. There's a new invention. Some of you have never seen this before. It's called a text message or a phone call. You're sick. I will pray for you here wherever you may be. Brother Mike, all, it'll reach all the way to Huntsville, Alabama. We can pray and we can touch the throne room of God. But we need to realize and understand that we've got to get back, I, 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 even, I don't even like saying this phrase like this, but we need to get back into the habit of being together. We need to get back into the habit of coming to the house of God. Why? Because there are weaker members in the body of Christ that the stronger needs to undergird. The stronger needs to hold together. The stronger needs to comfort. Now, I'm going to summarize this next couple of paragraphs on my outline. My eyes don't operate like they did when I was born. I came into the eye doctor, uh, I was supposed to say the other day, but it's, it was a lot longer than that. Because it's been, it's been a while. I go in and Never seen this, this, this eye doctor before, and I sat down in the chair. They've already done all their things, and I sit down, and she comes in, and she introduces herself, and she starts looking into my eyes, and, and she says, you're fixing to hit a point in your life that you need bifocals. I, I, look, I raised my head back from that little, that little machine there, and I said, looked around at her, and I said, I don't like you no more. My eyes do not work as good as they used to. Does that mean I just pluck them out and throw them to the trash? No. That means that I do something to protect them. I do something to give them strength. I do something to undergird them so that they can function like they should. I went and I got glasses. I had glasses since uh, 
I was a senior in high school. That was just about five years ago. A lot longer than that. So I go and I get glasses. And guess what? I can see past the first row. But without my glasses, everybody looks blurry. But with glasses on, I can see. I can look all the way back, and I can see my daughter back there in the, in the sound booth. I can see better with my glasses on. Now, let's, let's look at this in the spiritual sense. What we are supposed to do, those that are stronger in the Lord, stronger in God, we are supposed to undergird and we're supposed to protect those that are weaker, the newer Christians, those that have, those that have had things that's gone. How many has ever had something go wrong in your life and you felt lower than a dog's foot? Amen. How many has ever stumbled and you, and you fell in, in your spiritual walk with God? How many needed somebody just to lift you up and to wrap their, their arm around you and, and to help you take those next few steps? Well, that sure is comforting, isn't it? How many ever in here has ever broke your leg, ankle, knee, whatever the case is? You had to get, you had to get crutches. You had to get, you may have had to, had to get a wheelchair. How many realized how aggravating it was to move from your recliner in the living room to the bedroom? It was, it was very aggravating. But guess what? If there was nobody there to help you, how much harder was it than with somebody to help you? How much harder, how much easier did it, did it was it when somebody was there with the, when you got those crutches or you got that wheelchair, you're able to maneuver. You might not have liked it, but you're able to move and function. Same way spiritually. There are times that we need somebody to undergird and to help us and to strengthen us. To be that spiritual crutch. To help us. We may not like it. But when we do that, things work out for the better. Right? For those that broke your leg, your knee, your ankle, whatever the case may have been, and you was on crutches or wheelchair or whatever it was, if you did what the doctor told you, I don't want to ask anybody if they did everything the doctor told you. I'm not asking that one. Well, that, sure, that, would, that, would, uh, that would create problems, wouldn't it? <laughs> Boy, the grins that's on everybody's faces. But if we did those things once we were healed we was able to move a lot better, wasn't we? We was able to function a lot better. Then what, it, what, then what happened? We had to get strength in those muscles again. Once, once that occurred, we were strong as we was before. We're able to do the things. We're able to function. That is the same way it is with the body of Christ. I want to I tell you something. There is no believer, no group of believers that we need to look down on or that should look down on us, that should snub us 
or bypass the less gifted in the church. We are all important to God. In fact, those that seem to be less gifted who are using their gifts for Christ are more necessary than ever before. They are where the rubber meets the road. Therefore, they need to be treated with greater honor. Why? Because 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 through 29 tells us this. But God chose that which is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what was weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what was low and despised in the world. Even the things that are not to bring nothing, those things that are nothing to things that are, so that no human might boast in the presence of God. God has a presentable group of people, and there are unpresentable. Those that are presentable, those are the ones that they have no need for protection. They have no need for those things. But those that need protection, those that needs undergird, those that need strengthening, they're as much part of the body as anyone else. God has arranged the church. God has brought the gifted and the less gifted, combined and blended all together. The prayer warrior is much more essential than the soloist that's singing on the stage. The lay witness for Christ is more necessary than the pastor that stands behind the pulpit. The person who ministers to the sick and the elderly is more honorable than the church clerk or treasurer who carries the checkbook. All are important. All are important to the body of the, of, church, of the church, to the body of Christ. Not many may want to work in the nursery, but as parents, we want someone in the nursery that's dependable and will take care of our kids. No one wants, there's not many that wants to work in the children's church department, but we want children's church, and we believe it's very important. But if we find out that they're, that they're not being taught the word of God, we get very outraged. We want those things, but there's not many that wants to step into those. Not many wants to step into student ministries, but all thinks it is important. We want somebody to watch out and keep our children, our students protected and teach them the word of God every service. Many want to be the pastor because that's who everybody sees. But I'm going to tell you something, church. I would rather, Andy Lambert, I would rather be sitting in the sound booth and nobody ever seeing me. But God's called me to be the pastor of this church. God's called myself and Sister Carrie to be be the pastors now, we're now functioning in our fifth church of ministry. Many want to be the pastor, but not everyone wants the 2 o'clock a.m. phone calls. 
Not everybody wants to be called out in the middle of the night when it's 28 degrees to go sit at somebody's house whenever their spouse is about to die. Nor the sleepless nights on Saturday night, early Sunday morning when we're getting, when everybody else is getting ready for church but the pastor's spending time in prayer. Everybody wants the title but nobody wants the responsibility. God has tempered or blended members of the church together to create a natural care one for another. When one suffers, we all suffer. When one is honored, we're all honored. Last two verses. Take a look at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25 and 35, it says this. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. Now take a look at at the book of Acts. Move on over to the book of Acts, chapter 20. Acts chapter 20 and 35. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. Remember the words of Jesus himself. It is more blessed to give than receive. So many times people believe that that's all that's talking about is money. That's not what it's talking about. It is talking about helping one another. We're a body. When one is suffering, we're all suffering. We all can pray one for another. Why? Because we're stronger together in the body. Of Christ. Would you stand this morning? Church, we're stronger together. We're stronger together when we undergird one another, when we hold each other up to God in prayer. We're stronger together. This last Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of not this past week, but the week before, we had to do some work at Brother Ronnie's trailer. I could have went and tried to do it by myself, and guess what? I'd still be working. I'd still be doing that. But we had five or six here and and five or six there, and we came together. We left with sore muscles. Some might have left with a few more scratches on their arms. But when we came together, we'd done what we needed to do. We was able to get it done faster than if one would have been doing it by himself. Saturday morning, it shocked me. We was done in an hour and a half. And I'm going to tell you something. I was expecting an all-day event. But here's the thing. It's the same way in the church. You as the body are going to reach more folks than I'm going to reach. Why? I'm standing behind a pulpit. One hour on a service. Whoever's teaching Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. There's just four hours during the week. But you can reach more people when you're witnessing for God 
outside of these four walls. That's why we're all important. Amen. Would you bow your heads and pray with us this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, Father, again, we want to thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this opportunity that you've allowed us to come to worship and praise you. Father, this morning I have delivered your word as you have given it to us. And I believe, Father God, that it has made an impact into the hearts and lives of those that are here, those that have joined us on live feed. Father, I know that we are stronger together as a body. Father, I pray right now that you'll continue to help us, continue to strengthen. Father, I pray right now that there be, there be one that's in this house or on live feed today. Father, that needs to know you as their personal Savior. Father, I pray that they would come to know you today. Father, I pray that if they're on live feed, that they would reach out to this church either by stopping by or calling the number on the screen. Father, I pray that they would get to know you today. And Father, those that are in-house, I pray right now that you will undergird with strength and encouragement. Father, I pray that you'll bring wisdom into our lives today. Father, I pray that you'll use us in a mighty way. Forever give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Those that have joined us on live feed, thank you so much for being a part of our services today. Join us back tonight at 5 o'clock as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. May the good Lord bless you as our prayer. Amen and amen.